When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me bang I do let you bang. Let me bang you, Let you bang. 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 For your favorite mixed martial arts podcast, recording out of Los Angeles, California, it's MMA Roasted with Adam Hunter. Who the fuck is that guy? Hey, welcome to Brennan MMA Roasted podcast. Me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with Don Fry, the legend Don Fry. Uh, we're waiting for McCorkle. Greg just canceled. Because uh, he got an audition, so good luck with the audition. Um, and I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, I um, a lot of things to get to. Uh, first of all, you ever wonder, Don, how someone just like gets to a certain point with somebody? Like you, like you just you hear a story, but you're like, how does that happen? So I was talking to my buddy about Mayhem, who I haven't talked to Mayhem in a while, but from what I hear, he's doing well. He's doing better. He might be getting out of jail soon. Hopefully he does. Uh, the dude has, he had so many funny stories. Well, this story is just crazy. So there was this girl I knew that like, we had a mutual friend that I knew he was getting together with and hooked up with. And he ended up, uh, oh, here comes uh, Sean. And he ended up uh, peeing on her, right? But, <laughs> but he never actually hooked up with her. Like, he's like, yeah, man, she didn't put out, she, she didn't like me, but she wanted me to get, but she wanted me to pee on her. Like that was like what they did. And I'm like, how, yeah. do you, how do you get to that point? Like, how do you get to, yeah. like, you ever wonder how someone just, like, do you start there? Like, does the girl wear clothes? Is it in the shower? Like, how do you say, hey, listen, I don't like you that way, but you could pee on me. But like, like I, I just, it, it, every one of his stories that way, where I'm like, I, I never knew how one plus two, how he got to step four, because I couldn't figure out the first three steps. Did that ever happen with yeah. you, Don Fry? No, 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 no chick ever asked me to pee on her, no. <laughs> and I ain't ever asked no chick to pee on me, so it never, yeah. never gets in that position. You got to talk I mean, to Sean McGorgon about something like that. I'm sure, I'm sure there uh, in Missouri they do that all the time. Indiana. Indiana. So we're talking about mayhem. He told me one time he hooked up with this girl. Well, he didn't hook up with her. I know that they, that they like left together at this party. And like, what happened with you? And and he's like, dude, all she wanted me to do was pee on her. Uh, she didn't want to kiss me. Didn't want to like make out. Like like, how do you get? How do I don't even understand how someone gets to that point. I don't know, but I guarantee you she had a ton of self respect. <laughs> uh, that's probably where it started originally with her respecting herself. But uh, I never understood the guys that were excited about that. Like I had a guy tell me one time, he was like, oh man, the girl let me pee on her afterward. I'm like, wow, that's my toilet lets me pee on it every night. I don't get excited about it. <laughs> a strange thing, man. Yeah. So uh, I did a show last week. I was in Arizona. I did a show 
and there was a couple, and the woman looked like she wasn't bad looking, but she was predominantly older than the guy. And the guy looked like a young, like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Um, Nothing <laughs> so, sexier than that. <laughs> so I was like, "Where'd you guys meet?" And they said, "A homeless shelter." And I, I said, "Well, would you guys work in there?" He's like, "No, we were homeless." And I'm like, oh, okay. I go, wow, that's, you know, talk about, I mean, that's probably good. I mean, it can only go up from there. I mean, you gotta, I'm like, sir, were you homeless or was that just a way you to pick up chicks? Like you went to the shelter to meet women. Cause I mean, if you go to like, right, right. Like, I, I knew a guy that used to have a car and he would pick up girls at the, like the bus stop. He's like, yeah, because drive up and be like, hey, you guys need a ride. Cause compared to, he couldn't pick up girls with, like who had cars, but at the bus stop, he's the man. Uh, he was dog the house hunter, and he was very unsuccessful. <laughs> he couldn't find a home. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, uh, but I mean, they, looked, they were happy. But then I'm like, so are you guys still homeless? And the woman was like, no. I'm like, oh, how long ago were you guys homeless? She said five years ago. I said, what do you do now? She's like, I'm retired. <laughs> like, retired <laughs> 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 <Her> from what? <laughs> I don't understand, but that's the one thing I miss, I miss about New York is like, uh, well, first of all, like, I think New York is the most, I, I lived there most of my life, but it's the most non-racist place I've ever been to because everybody, for everyone's just scared of the crazy people. Like you go on the subway, it's white people, black people, Asian people, like, you know, Orthodox Jewish people, but the, and they're all looking out for the guy talking to himself, screaming stuff. doesn't matter what place that person is, that's the person everyone's like, I remember one time I was on the subway and there was a homeless guy that was like, hey, who wants to hear a joke? Give me money, I'll tell a joke. I'll tell a joke for money. So at this point, people are just giving him a dollar and just tell the fucking, and then a whole, another homeless guy starts heckling him. Go, don't give that guy any money. That guy, his jokes suck, right? So now we don't know if they're in cahoots or whatever. So the guy collects like $12 and then he goes, mumble something and leaves. Like no one even, I didn't even know the joke. He just ran off the subway. The other guy gets angry and he, I think he had like a coffee or a tea or just, I don't know if it was urine in his hand in a cup and he threw it at the guy and he missed the guy and hit some random woman walking like outside the subway. Just got splashed. Maybe it was, a cup. Maybe, maybe it was a cup of tea. <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> but uh, that's the kind of stuff that I miss. I mean, it's just constant entertainment. I remember one time I was hung over. It was like one in the afternoon and I was just like, you know, I slept with this girl the night before and I was coming back and I look over and there's a, a horse like a, on, on the subway, like, like a pony, a mini horse, right? So I'm looking around like, and no one's even like paying attention to this, like as if this is what happens every day. There's a, so I, there's a little kid next to the horse and I'm like, hey, is, is, that a, is that a pony? And she goes, yeah, he's blind. The guy had like a seeing eye pony. That was like a, yeah. on, on, a subway, on a subway in New York. But like, I was the asshole for not knowing that. Yeah. You know? I'm just glad that story about the guy doing the stand-up comedy, we finally have the backstory on how Brennan Schaub got his start in comedy. <laughs> homeless guy on the subway, so telling terrible jokes that you couldn't understand. Oh, God. Yeah. All right, before I go into more <laughs> stories, did, did, did you guys watch the fights? I did, yeah. I watched them. I'm assuming Don did. Don, did you watch the fights? Yeah, I did, yeah. Uh, Don, what are your thoughts about the uh, Ngano versus Stipe? Well, that's, 
that's the way to lose a fight. That's not the way to win it, but that's the way to lose it, you know, in an empty arena match where nobody is out in the middle of a course field, you know, where nobody's at. I mean, Steve yeah. said he didn't follow the game plan. Uh, I would I would hope not. I hope that right. wasn't the game plan. <laughs> that would be an odd game plan. Yeah. That's a really bad game plan. What What was the game plan? Uh, not to get hit? <laughs> well, he said he was. He I mean, said he went into round that's two. That's the game plan. Don't get hit and hit the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he said he went into the round two feeling really good, but I gotta say that that what they didn't look like it. It looked like he went back after round one and asked his corner, "What do I do?" Uh, which is not yeah. what you want to ask the corner in the middle of a fight. Like, what do I do? Like, it seemed like I don't know. Like, I, I, he he took a shot. Thought the shot wasn't a great shot, but it was a shot. But just. When he took those huge fucking, you know, lunchbox fists to the face, it seemed like after that he did not want to be there. And, like, the entire octagon was flipped upside down or on its sideways or whatever. Sean, could you relate to that, to that feeling? Yeah, I never wanted to be in there when I was fighting. But, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> man, it's uh, – I don't know, man. It, I, my son asked me because apparently I've influenced him and now he gambles on uh, sports, which is good for a 19-year-old. Uh, to be spending all his money on, but um, I um, I told my son I, I was betting on Nganu, and I actually bet on him to win by knockout in the first and the second round, so it's uh, like a specific bet that he'd win in the first or the second, because the thing with him, man, um, Stipe's probably a better overall, obviously, skilled fighter, but Nganu only has to hit you once. That's the problem. He only has to make contact once, and chances are, if he throws enough of them, I mean, when he knocked out Cain Velasquez with what looked like a quarter-ass hook, and dropped him. I was just like, man, I don't know what I don't know what you do with a guy like that. Like I with that kind of power, and it must be legit because not everybody's you know getting fake knocked out by it. Like it's like he throws he throws punches from six inches away and knocks people out. Like I don't like with six inch wind up. Like I don't get it, man. I don't I don't understand. Maybe it's mechanics. Maybe it's just natural skill. But I don't. Uh, I was never a big puncher, so I can't understand it. But yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know why Stepe wouldn't. I mean, he only tried one single leg. It seemed like he would keep doing that uh it wasn't successful but i mean it's a lot better than you know standing there and just trading with the guy so. uh don if you were fighting in ghana what would your game plan be i would um i'd shoot a low single to the outside and come in from behind you know that uh i mean you sure don't want to be in front of the guy so yeah dude, geez, something, i mean like i said a low single to the outside come up from behind and then you'll go for the, you know, game on the ground over the choke, you know, arm bar. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously easier said than done. I think there should be a rematch. People are saying, why well, have a rematch? But, I mean, it's one-to-one -one right now. Because he's a goddamn champion. That, that's, you know, he's a champion. He deserves a rematch. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Now, John Jones. They're, they're sitting there calling him the greatest champion ever. Oh, fuck, if that's the case, then. He automatically deserves a rematch. There's no, yeah. there's no argument about it. Uh, now, John Jones, obviously, he moved to heavyweight. Now he's saying he wants more money, I, which, I, look, you know, the problem with John Jones is that there's a risk involved. You know, they may have to move the whole, you know, arena to a different state that, like, accepts the fact. I mean, there's just all kinds of problems with insurance there. But at the same time, who doesn't want to see that? I want to see it. Everyone wants to see it. The fight would make so much money the build-up would be great before the fight i was saying that i thought john jones would beat Ngannou. after watching this 
I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Sean? I got to go with John Jones, man, because I think he sold his soul to the devil. Like, uh, after he beat Cormier in the first fight, the way he beat him, I thought, because I was like, you know, like John Jones good wrestling, never wrestling, but like Cormier, you know, um, in a fight. And uh, yeah, I would say, John, I mean, John Jones hasn't looked great in his recent ones, but he's uh, he'd have the reach advantage over Ngannou. He's even got more reach than him. Um, John Jones is amazing at keeping the distance, you know, or whatever. I mean, Ngannou's always got that puncher's chance, but I think if John Jones can take down Daniel Cormier, he can take down, uh, you know, take down uh, Ngannou for sure. And I think he'll take him down and beat the brakes off of him. Um, but that's kind of like a win-win because either way you could see one of them get knocked out. So uh, it would make me happy. It's like when Travis Brown fought Brendan Schaub, I was the ha- the best and worst day of my life. I knew one of them was going to get beat up, but the other one was going to win. So, <laughs> uh, Don Fry, who do you think wins this one? Oh, hell. No, no, he got me all confused. Uh, Sean did a good job. <laughs> um, no, no. Yeah, no, I lost my place. You know, I think, you know, like you said, Jones is a hell of an athlete. And he can take down um, DC. Uh, two-time Olympian, but, I mean, hell, it could have been a weak Olympic year, you know, for, for wrestlers of that weight class, you know, in the U.S. of A. Um, I mean, there's always different things to, to weigh. And the thing is, is, Nagano's a completely different creature. I mean, he's a lot heavier, a lot stronger. Um, and, it, you know, those those 60 pounds make a hell of a lot of difference. A hell of a lot of difference. I mean, I mean that's why you, you see people bitch and whine about five pounds, you know. I mean, but 60 pounds, it, it just completely changes the whole aspect of the game. And McDonald's, uh, he's a freak of nature, you know. He, he's so damn strong. Um, so that, that's going to be the interesting part of it, you know. And uh, Jones is not going to be able to knock him out, you know. McDonald can take a, take a hell of a hit. And the uh, thing is, is he going to be able to handle being hit by somebody as strong as McDonald? I mean, Rogan made a good point about maybe having a 220-pound weight class or 230. Because it did seem like Stipe would be the champion at 220, 230, you know? And it did seem like they were in two different weight classes. Oh, no. You know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, Stipe needs to get a new fucking um, camp. I mean, they got him where he was at. They did a good job getting him there, but they cannot keep him there. So, you know, he, he needs he needs a whole new crew. I mean, that's the problem, yeah, the problem, I know Stipe and I know his coaches a little bit and all that. Part of the problem is he's by far the best guy in that camp. It's kind of like, I mean, if you're calling me and asking me to come over and roll with you, you got real problems in your camp, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were they were hitting me up as of even a few years ago, wanting to want to come and roll with him. I said, dude, I'm I like, I don't even train anymore. Either I would get murdered, you know? Um, and I, I was able to get him a real good, there's a real good uh, boxer here in Indiana. He was a uh, and he, he got he helped him get ready when he fought Mark Hunt when Steve fought Mark Hunt and uh, but I mean if you're bringing in guys um, from out of state and they're not elite guys it's just like any you know I mean anybody you can get or whatever like I said if you're calling me when I'm 42 years old to roll with you it's uh, the problem you never want to be the best guy at your gym you know unless you're the best in the world um, but were you they, want guys how, much money, were, so. how much money were they offering you oh it was just for it, <laughs> it was just for free for pictures I think or whatever like uh to oh, take pictures well, with him. Right there, there's your answer. 
you know. I mean, if, if they're calling people in just to get photos or or just to brag about and, and or walk into the arena, you know, that means they're not serious. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. You got to spend money, you know, you, in order to cheese movies. I mean, you, you got to spend money in order to improve. Well, I also can't believe that he's a full-time fireman. I mean, I can't yeah. think of like any other sport where you could be. But yeah, that's guy. stupid. I mean, you got to quit. I quit my job, you know, when uh, you got to make a decision. Are you going to be a, a, a fighter or are you going to be a, you going to have a, a real job? You know, uh, you've got to make the fucking decision and you've got to pull the trigger uh, one way or the other. You know, it, it's time to grow up. What, what's the so best thing uh what's the best to... thing your coach ever did for you sean um golly um yes i've done yeah i mean it gets depends on which coach i had my diet conditioning coach i lost 70 pounds in seven weeks that was pretty impressive uh that he was able to do but uh my first jujitsu coach probably the best advice he ever gave me was always start on bottom no matter what because if you're on top in a fight you're going to be all right so I was actually more comfortable on my back than I was on top in fights because I had always trained from the bottom. Even when I'd sweep somebody, I'd just start over on bottom again. Uh, so I always fought from my back, and uh, that was probably – that helped me out a lot, man, um, that I, I felt really comfortable fighting from my back um, as opposed to being on top. And as long as you knew not to, how not to get seated on top, you're always going to be all right. So, Don, what about you? What's the best uh, thing the coach ever did for you when you were fighting? Oh, yeah, they just they brought in quality people, and um, you know, he, Steve Owen, he always uh, dissected the, the the opponent very good. You know, he was real good at, at watching films and dissecting the opponents. So he knew he knew what the hell they were going to do before they knew what they were going to do. So he had a good game plan going in. Yeah, when I, when I was a uh, high school wrestling, you know, I was the defending state champ. And I lost four matches in a row, uh, or five. I was like, I was like cutting weight. I was dehydrated. I was just a, I was in a horrible. Hey, what state were you champion? Uh, <laughs> I, I won, I won the main states, but then I also won New England. I won the, all New England, and then the Class A champion. So, but my coach, uh, after like my fifth loss, came to my my do my dorm room because I was at a boarding school. and got me out of bed at eleven at night and said, "Let's go running. We're running." And I was like, "What?" And then he, and we ran like three miles that night. And then he's like, "Man, you're gonna turn this around." And I ended up winning like four tournaments in a row, and I beat everyone that beat me. It was just like that, like. And then when I'm coaching, I remember when I was driving this little kid, Justin. His father wasn't around. It was like a kind of a broken home, and it was over. It was over the break, and uh, I, you know, I, I went to his house, and I would see him look through the window and not answer the door at like nine in the morning. So I was like, "Fuck it," I just walked in his house. And I went upstairs, I'm like, get out of bed. We're going to practice. He's like, you can't do this. This is not legal. Let's go. And then I took him to practice. And then he made fun of me the entire time. Uh, and he was like, <laughs> there was a billboard. It was a little black and he was super funny. There was a billboard that said Anna versus leukemia. And he goes, coach, I got 10 bucks on leukemia. And I was oh, like, shit. I was like, that's not funny. <laughs> And then we had I, can't, I can't believe I didn't think of that joke first. And then we had a sprint to practice, right? We, had, we, like, we sprinted, and he beat me at a sprint. I got beat by a 12-year-old, right? He was fast as hell. He was like, you know, 90 pounds. So I'm like, all right, we're going to do five miles. I knew we couldn't do five miles. So I pull over. We're around the track, and he gives up after mile one. But now I can't quit. I can't show him that, like, quitting's okay. So I had to finish the five miles while he sat in my car. 
And then I get in there and he's laughing and I'm like, what's so funny? He goes, I made my dumbass coach run five miles. Uh, like, <laughs> but, but he actually called me recently and like thanked me. He's like, hey man, I'm playing college football. Uh, I, I, I want to thank you for like all the times you put up with my bullshit. But that's what a, a good coach does, you know? I feel like a, a good coach, like, you always remember, I think, you always remember the worst coaches you had and you remember the best coaches you had. Um, uh, now, uh, Tyron Woodley, right? Everybody wanted Tyron Woodley to throw more punches, but I think he threw too many. <laughs> like, yeah. He threw all the punches. <laughs> uh, but he, uh, he fought like he went out on a shield and he fought great, but he fought reckless. Uh, at the same time, it was the most exciting Woodley we've seen in a long time, but now he's lost four in a row. He doesn't know what to do. What did you think, Don, of the Tyron Woodley fight? Yeah, I thought he had he, – he looked a lot better than uh, he's looked in his last uh, three losses. And, uh, again, uh, you know, if, you got, if you're on a losing streak and you're a professional, you know, fighter, you, you got to get a new crew. That's all there is to it, you know. Either either, either that or you retire, you know, because – if somebody's not doing something correctly and, um, you know, nobody ever wants to take the blame, you know, they always want to blame somebody else. Well, you know, that, that that's why you got to pull the trigger. You say, Oh, okay. I still have it. I still want to fight. So, uh, I'm lost four in a row. My, my team needs to go. I need, need to get a new team. I need to move somewhere, you know, or, or else you say, okay, I'm done. That's it. I just think I don't have it anymore, you know. And so somebody's got to put the big boy pants on and uh, say, "Hey, I mean, the crew, the crew, if they really care about him, they should quit." You know, I mean, uh, that's it. Well, some, some somebody's at fault. Sean, I I don't understand. Actually, I do understand it because I know what they're doing. But I wish the UFC man, when a guy's lost three or four in a row, that's a former champ. Give him a fight he can win. I mean, don't keep putting him in with one murder after the next. Um, I don't like – even when B.J. Penn just wanted to get one more fight, it's like, okay, let's give you – let's not give you Diego Sanchez. Let's give you the number three ranked guy and see if you can beat him. Like, it, even if you look at other sports like basketball teams, Duke doesn't play North Carolina, then Gonzaga, then, like, a top ten team every week. Like, they will start off season slow with, you know, five or six gimmies. I would just like to see the, the UFC on occasion give a guy – so, I mean, there's everybody's tough in the UFC, but give a guy, give him a guy that he could or should be, maybe a guy in the top 20, but not at the top 10, you know, like give him a, just sometimes a win can change everything, man. It can change your, your mentality. It can change your confidence, everything, just knowing what it's like to win again, especially in the UFC when you only fight once a year and you're going three years between winning, you know? So kind of like how they do it. Like it seems like with like Matt Brown or even Cerrone, they kind of do that sometimes. Like, yeah, they do. And other guys, they just keep putting in with fucking murderers. Uh, Don, thoughts? Um, yeah, but I mean, money out of them. I mean, they can get money out of Cowboy Cerrone winning, you know. So, but can they get money out of Tyrone Woodley winning, you know? Or if he just lost too much and nobody likes him in the first place? I mean, that's the thing. What's the personality of the guy, and is he marketable? You know, is he worth shuffling? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to women, I know they call them like slump busters. 
like when a guy hasn't got laid <laughs> a guy right. hasn't got laid in a while and then you just like you're like i gotta fuck something just to get my confidence up they should have like the slump buster mma fighter you know uh but well, yeah even if you look at you know pride back in the day um which was obviously more talented than the ufc but you would have fedor would fight that big zulu guy then a random asian guy then crow cop and then Crow Cop, if he lost to Fedor, would fight like Gary Goodrich or somebody he could beat a couple guys. Then they'd match him up with Mark Hunt, let's say, or whatever. So it just like – I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with building a guy up a little bit. I don't know why it always has to be top five guy against top five guy constantly, like in every, you know. Like, uh, you know, I mean, they used to do loser versus loser. So if Chuck Liddell lost two in a row and Vanderlei Silva lost two in a row, they put them in together. That way at least one of them gets a win, but another one of them gets a loss either way. So it's kind of like – I don't know why they both couldn't fight someone they can beat. Um, and not I don't mean make it a joke fight, but I mean somebody that's, you know, they're going to win 75% of the time and give them the opportunity instead of just – but like Don said, they don't like Woodley, I'm sure. They, they're probably done with him, so let's build everyone else. Colby Covington, uh, the guy I can't remember the who he just beat, the Vincent, whatever his name is. Um, just keep building other guys off their name and then cast them aside, you know? And then, uh, yeah, I was happy for O'Malley. O'Malley looked good. You know, um, I don't know what happened to that Brazilian dude. Like, he was a monster. And then just – I feel like Brazilians, when it comes to losing confidence, they're the worst when it comes to, like, go win 10 in a row, and then they lose one. And then, it, I mean, that one guy, Barral, like, he just was, like, a fucking murderer. I mean, Aldo's different. But some of these guys, like, they lose one, and then they can't get their confidence back, or something happens, or Usada, or whatever. But, yeah, man, like – Happy for O'Malley. That kid. That kid's a stud. I mean, he's got power. He's awkward. He's hard to train for. I still want to see how he does against a Division One wrestler. And now, now they're saying him versus Dominic Cruz. Very interesting fight because I don't know, man. I'm first of all, there's gonna be crazy shit talking. Dominic Cruz has been in there with everybody. You know he's gonna hate O'Malley. You know he's gonna come in. He's gonna come in prepared. You know O'Malley's gonna try to get under his skin. That's a good fight. I mean, Cruz is hard to hurt, really hard to hurt. Uh, he's a great, he's a very good wrestler. He's got great footwork. I mean, who do you think wins that fight? O'Malley Cruz. Sean. Um, man, I didn't realize they were the same weight class. I was thinking O'Malley was 145, but I guess he's 135 then. Um, I, I don't is know. Is he 135? I thought he was 145, but I could be wrong. I'm just going off what I thought. Um, but I think uh, – He's probably not Dominic Cruz's type, so um, other than being a dude. Um, so they probably would uh, probably not get along, like you said, in the press conference, uh, probably go at it because uh, it's like two dudes that cocky. can't They're going to compliment each other for sure, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would love to see that fight. I think it would be a great fight, man. It uh, wasn't – O'Malley was out for a year or two on some kind of weed bullshit or something, wasn't he? Like, yeah. uh, that sucks that he wasted – a year or two of his life over something that doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? Like something stupid like that, man. So uh, hopefully they'll get him back in there pretty soon. Cause he didn't look like he looked really good, man. I was talking shit about him on Twitter, but he looked really, really good, man. Um, he's super athletic. Some of those spinning back kicks and roundhouse kick shits he was doing to do it that fast in a fight and that fluidly, man, it reminded me of John Jones, really like some of the stuff he pulls off. So. Yeah, it would be an entertaining fight. And, um, you know, either way, it wouldn't hurt whoever lost, you know. Um, it would help whoever won, but it wouldn't hurt the guy who lost because they both, you know, have a have a pretty good name um, as they call the opponent, you know, is, as somebody to lose to. So, so, it, would, so it, would, it would be good. 
So Don, there's, another, there's a new thread on the underground now about Prime Fry versus Prime Randy Couture. Who wins? Do you want to discuss this one? No, I don't. I don't give a fuck. Well. <laughs> do, do you think you But you would win that, right? Don? He really doesn't want to discuss it. All right, moving right along. <laughs> Don, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. All right, okay, fine. Damn. Okay, all right. Uh, so, well, there goes that segment. Uh, so I got a, we got, we got a uh, new dog, by the way. So look, I'm a big fan of rescues. I think what they do is great. But some of these places, they, make, they, get, they go to the shelter and get all the cute dogs. And then when you want to get a dog, they make you go through like three interviews. They come to your house. They just, and it just becomes kind of like invasive where you feel like you're being judged. And uh, it, it, they turn a lot of people off this way. And it's like the other day I was in, I did a show in Arizona uh, and this girl came up to me afterwards. She was a nice girl. She was, she was dating this guy, T Edwards, who's a fighter. And she's like, oh, I work with this animal rescue. We're doing adoptions tomorrow. Come by. So I was like, I called T. I'm like, what kind of adoption agency? Oh, it's easy. I'm like, am I gonna, am I gonna get 37 questions? I'm gonna have to call my first boss and, and, and like my, my ex-girlfriend and, and all this other shit. So no, it's easy. I go there, they're like, sorry, all the, all the dogs went home. I'm like, all the dogs went home? They're like, yeah, we have no dogs. I'm like, but it's, I'm like, let me just see one dog. They're like, no, you, you have to leave. I'm like, what? I just drove 20 minutes. I'm like, just bark like a dog. Like, like, it's like something. So then that was, so then some other, I was on Facebook and some girl said, listen, this dog uh, has one eye because it was staying with this other guy who had five dogs and one of the big dogs bit its eye out. And uh, it, it's not, you know, I, she can't keep it. And, and it just, it hasn't been chipped and it hasn't been this and it hasn't got shot in a rough area. So I went down, I, the woman was super nice for doing this. She saved it from a bad area. So now we have a new dog who's a, he, he's a Pomeranian and a Chihuahua. They call him Palm Cheese. And uh, it's really, really sweet. So it's got one eye. So I text, I'm, we might call it Bisbing. Uh, so I actually texted Bisbing. He says, you have to name it that, of course. Uh, but so we have, we have a, a, a new dog. So I'm, I'm very happy. Uh, Sean, any update on your $20,000 dog? Yeah, my dogs are doing great, man. I was just thinking, you know, you said you went down to Arizona. You should have not thought about it like adopting a dog. You should have just went down the border and picked up a kid. It would have been less hassle. Like they're not going to, they don't care. They'll just give those kids to whoever wants. I'm like, oh, you want one? Do you have a phone number they can call you from? Okay, you'll take them. Like, that's the way it is, man. And they've already got them in cages. So, like, you're set either way, man, the way they treat them like animals down there. So, but, it, but it's not the same because Trump's not the president. So, it's, a, it's an enclosure where they're very humanely treated. Everything is great from what the media has told me. So I, I can see where this is going. So, back to Doc. Uh, there was, no, so, but it's like, there was a girl who was like a big YouTube star who was like, I'm doing very well. And her, but, but, so she said, she reached out to a, a shelter. She posted it, a shelter and said, Hey, I see this dog. I, I go hiking every day. I go running. I'd love to get this dog. And the lady writes back, sorry, he doesn't like hiking. Uh, <laughs> and then she's like, so I can't get the dog. I, she goes, I, 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 I like hiking. She goes, nope, he wouldn't. She goes, he, she goes he'd hate it. And then, and then that was it. And then it, it led to the threat of all these people that were like, yeah, they, they said that I couldn't get a dog because I, I wasn't going to be home for two hours a day. Somebody else said that like, I didn't make enough money. I mean, it's just like, 
what are we doing, people? You know, it's what I, it's like anything that people could just feel like like they have power over other people. They just get off on telling other people why they're not good enough to do anything. It, it's just fucking crazy. I'm more concerned about the lady that thinks she's talking to dogs and they're telling her they don't like hiking than I am <laughs> concerned about what's going to happen to the dog. Like somebody needs to talk to that lady. But I did tell somebody the other day, man, it's like, you know, I love trail mix. I don't know if you've ever seen that, like obviously in the store. But like, I was like, man, I love trail mix, but I hate hiking. Like my life's a mess. Like, you know, like I can't, because I can't eat at any time but hiking. But yeah, I don't know. Then I did a show last week and I, this happens all the time where there'll be a couple, they come to the show and they just make out the entire time. They're like, they sit at some, like, at like a table in the front and the girl was hot. She was like, you know, 40 something cougars. And the guy had like a tight shirt on, you know, he was like one of these guys. Guys, I, you know, like he made so money. he was hot too. He made money in Bitcoin or something, and they're just going out, like going at it, and it's kind of distracting. Like she's like grabbing his cock, and, and and like you know they're going for it. I'm like, why are we going to a comedy club and doing this? Like, I, Don, have you ever been one of those PDA kind of guys? Not to that extreme, no, no, <laughs> no, not at all. Sean, you? Uh, no, I'm always. I'm I'm always uncomfortable because everybody stares at me everywhere I go anyway. So that just makes it even worse if you're like making out with a chick or whatever. So it, uh, like, it's funny. My dad, I used to hate people staring at me. And my dad was like all the time, like telling me, uh, like maybe they just think, uh, Hey, that guy's taller. That guy's good looking. I was like, yeah, that's what I think when I stare at people's look how good looking that guy is. Like it, uh, but yeah, I get, look, I went, we went to a gun and knife show the other night and I was staring at the entire time I was there. So I wanted to pretend like it was because I'm famous and everybody knew who I was, but like, I, I still don't know exactly what it was about, but yeah, I get, uh, my, my brother told me, because you know, so everybody's looking at you. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. So. Then there was a girl that like, was, had like the tightest pants I've ever seen. You know, like you just, she, she left wanting everyone to look at her ass. Like, I mean, like, like, and then she gets up. I'm like, what do you do for a living? And she's like, I'm a loan officer. I'm like, well, I'd like to loan my cock at your ass. You know, and then that was, <laughs> I got a big laugh. And then there was a guy in the, one of the tables who was Mexican, but I know that because every time I said, hey, what do you do? His, his girlfriend would yell, he's Mexican, he's Mexican. Like that was every, every answer, right? So then I hey, go to like, have a job. <laughs> <laughs> he probably had 12 jobs. Then, so then there was- He's unemployed. Uh, then there was uh, another, then there was a fighter, Jonathan Pierce, who's, who's fighting, uh, he's from like Tennessee. So I, I go, hey, you know, where'd you meet your girlfriend? And then he goes, uh, she goes, here. I'm like, oh, I, I'm like at the comedy club. And then she's like, yeah, six months ago. So then the guy goes, they, he, she goes, they weren't even open back then. Like, and I'm like, what are you, the fucking CDC? And, and then she goes, <laughs> she goes, he's Mexican. And I'm like, yeah, I know. So it's S-I-D-C, the CDC. So I was like, I was actually happy <laughs> fucking how quick that was. Uh, yeah, then I, I, shot a, I shot a movie, right? I shot a movie where like, it was a short film. It was like, a, it was a, a, a werewolf movie. Right, where like, so it was in Tucson, it was a short film. And the guy who they cast as the cop had like one leg, like he lost his leg in like a, uh, they lost his leg in some motorcycle accident. And he's a nice guy, but he's like, he was asking me about like improv, cause he just started doing improv and this and that. He, and he didn't know his lines. He was, you know, he was, did fine. But they, they hired some girl to play the werewolves. So it's like hot chick shows up. So right away, he starts directing her. Like, he went from not knowing his lines to telling her where to look, what to say, what to do. And then I'm talking to the director, and I overhear the guy saying, uh, 
look, I don't want to hit on you or anything, but I'm not trying to hit on you, but you're the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, like, she's been there for three minutes. I'm like, like she, they're throwing her in a trunk. She's a werewolf. And now a guy with one leg is telling her she's the fucking hottest thing ever. And then the, the, the director was my old roommate. And he goes, hey, Adam used to hang the brain all the time. I'm like, dude, why are you telling this fucking girl this? He goes, yeah. So I woke him up one day with naked bongos. I'm like, Cause, all right, like this is done. You been, you went on some crazy sets. You were on The Longest Yard with Joey Diaz. Uh, who else was on there? It was Goldberg, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you. It was, uh, what's his name? Bob Sapp. What was that? What was that set like? Who are you talking to? You. No, I wasn't on that movie. That must oh. have been another white guy on mustache. Oh, I thought you were in that movie. Why did I think you no. were? No, he was oh. in Big Stand, which oh, was you very were in Big Stand. Oh, oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for reminding me that uh, there's another job I didn't get. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what was the most unprofessional you've been on set? Uh, not you, but p- people you've been around. Oh, hell, man. We did this one movie, and one of the gals was so drunk, she fell out of the Jeep, you know? Um, and um, then she tried to blaming um, uh, David, um, shit, I can't remember his last name. <laughs> was it David Arquette? Yeah, yeah. She tried, yeah, how the hell did you know? I, I just figured some of that would be blamed for that. Uh, so she tried yeah. blaming David Arquette? Yeah, he pushed me. He pushed me. No, he was nowhere near you. <laughs> he was just so drunk, it was unbelievable, you know. Wow. And, uh, yeah, that's one, one of those things where you're like, oh, my God, do I look like that when I drink? <laughs> Adam, you realize you, yeah. just confer, you just confused Don Fry with Burt Reynolds, right? Like, oh, yeah, of course. For some reason, like I... That's- for some, well, I knew, for some reason, I had him in that movie. I don't know why. I just feel like he'd be in that. I feel like you'd have been perfect in that movie. Like, I feel like he should have been in that movie. Uh, right? I mean, he'd be. He should have been the guard saying the N-word instead of Stone Cold Steve Austin, I think. That's how I pictured Don. Of course, of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> I should have been in a lot of movies. But apparently, um, apparently I don't have friends in the movies, you know. Uh, <laughs> in the MMA world, uh, you know, they... They don't. They don't spread your name around. You know, they they keep it for themselves. Well, if I if I if I ever have a chance to help you out, I will. Ever, ever, <laughs> ever. Uh, but uh, one of the craziest fucking most unprofessional gigs. So I actually I was doing a college, Sean, and the booker had already cashed my check. Like he he never sent me the check, and I kept saying, "I'm like, where is it? He's in the mail. In the mail. Mail." So now I have to fly to Tennessee without getting a check. So I fly into Chattanooga. The, the, the thing is like three hours away. The booker's office was like two hours, by the way. So I drive two hours of thing. He's like, oh, it's in my office. I'm I get the check. I, I go to the bank. The, the bucket, it's, a, it's a bad check, right? So then they threaten to arrest me. I'm like, these motherfuckers. Like, so I just go four hours to almost get arrested, right? So now I get to the, I, so now I'm like, do I even do the college? So I drive to the college. It's a Episcopalian college. Like it's a, it's a religious school. No one ever told me this, right? right. I get there and people are getting credit for like, like going to my show for like, as like a, a religious credit. Like I'm not the guy that you should get credit. Like, unless you're like you're studying Satan or something, right? That's not the show you want to go to. 
So I get there and the lady goes, listen, you have to be like super PG. And I'm like, you got to, no one told me that. She's like, okay, if, if it gets too dirty, I'll give you the throat slash signal, right? I'm like, okay, fine. Like, <laughs> the throat slash? Yeah, like, like, like cut it, right? Oh, okay. Her, her boyfriend was there, who seemed like, we were wearing like a Navy shirt. Like, thank God he was there, right? So right before the show, they have an ice cream break where everyone gets like ice cream. Like this is the kind of college it was. And everyone's like eating ice cream, right? So I go up there, one joke in, I, I'm getting the throat slash. And I hadn't even got to like my dirty. It wasn't even like, it was like the clean, a clean joke. So then I'm like, oh shit. So I just ignored her and did like 45 minutes. The kids are going crazy laughing. I could see her just fucking fuming, like steaming coming out of her ears, right? I get off stage, she beelines towards me. I'm like, she's like, I go, before you say anything, they bounce this check on me. Okay, I shouldn't even fucking be here. I almost got arrested this morning. Like, I'm covering your ass. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That fucking got me out of it. Thank God. But, like, <laughs> did you ever have a fucking promoter bounce a check on you or tell you you're going to get paid more? Or... Don or me? <laughs> Either of you. Uh, yeah, I've, had, I've been given counterfeit money uh, in El Paso, Texas, about five grand. And counterfeit $100 bills one time when I had my business down there and uh, from different people. I had like 12 customers that day and none of them spent 5,000. So they were all giving me fake money and I went to the bank and the lady starts counting out uh, the money and it's some parts of it are turning pink and she's throwing that in one pile and then my other money in the other. So it ends up being like five or six grand in the counterfeit pile and $200 in the not counterfeit pile. And I was like, what's, what's that? And she goes, that's the ones that are counterfeit. And I was like, oh, okay, can I have that back? And she's like, what are you going to do with it? I said, try to spend it elsewhere. And uh, she was like, uh, no, no, honey, I, we got to call the Secret Service. You're trying, to, you're trying to deposit counterfeit bills. I was like, I'm not trying to do anything. I said, I was given that money uh, today. She goes, from who? I was like, several different people that came across from Mexico. Then I'm getting the third degree about why am I talking to people? Why am I dealing with people in Mexico? I was trying to explain it. It was just cocaine. Like, it wasn't the end of the world. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but I was... Uh, yeah, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to explain to the lady and the secret service calls me and they want to know all, you know, well, we want to know who gave it to you. I was like, I don't know. And try explaining to the secret service that you opened up a used appliance and electronics equipment business in El Paso. And the first day you got a bunch of counterfeit money and you don't know who gave it to you. don't know their name, their phone number. You were selling used washers to them for a 50 or a hundred dollars a piece. Like, it sounds crazy. Like the whole story sounds like a lie. And I was like, that's, that's what happened. I don't know what to tell you, you know? And it was like, uh, so that was the time I had the FBI raid my place because in Indianapolis, I had a recycling company and I had made someone mad. So they called and said I had a bunch of illegal Mexicans working there, which I did. But they said that I had them locked. They said I had them locked in a basement and what wasn't feeding them and making them work like, you know, like slaves, indentured servants. And so they come walking in, which I did also. No, um, but they come in, these five or six guys, like all dressed in suits and they're with one of my workers. And he's like, hey, these guys want to talk to you. And he's like, where's the basement at? And I was like, I don't know what that means. And the guy said, where's the basement? I was like, who the fuck are you? You know what I mean? Or whatever, I come in here making demands of me and my business. He said, we're from the FBI. I was like, oh, okay, well, you guys are cool, man. You know, like, I didn't know what to, or no, I said, who are you? I said, who are you? I said, who are you clowns? Like, in here making demands. That's why I called them clowns. So we're from the FBI. And it turns out I was right. But uh, yeah, I told him I didn't have a basement there. And yes, they were illegal, but it's not my problem. You know what I mean? They have cards that say they're not. Like, it may say, Bob Smith, and it's obviously a Mexican and has a social security card, but I mean, as long as he had one, it didn't matter to me. They worked their asses off. So, um, but yeah, that was a, uh, yeah, I've had all kind of fun with the government. So. What, what about you, Don? You ever, do you, you ever get stiffed or uh, people giving you Oh, better? yeah, several times got stiffed. Yeah, they, you know, or like one of, one of the fights 
I mean, I've told this story a hundred times. You know, one of the fights Seven got me when he first got me into it. You know, I flew to Atlanta, and uh, the guy's driving me over there and leans across the seat and says, oh, by the way, we can't pay you. You still want to fight. <laughs> yeah, I flew to Atlanta. I'm gonna, I want to punch somebody, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I got stiffed on another another fight. Uh, shit, I, I've been stiffed several times, you know. Wow. And there's really just nothing you can do about it. You just, just laugh and laugh and leave, you know, and you just, you're stuck in their town, you know, <laughs> and yeah. you don't know who they're connected with, you know, and you got to get out of there. Yeah, that's that, uh, you know that Anoki, that guy Anoki that fought Muhammad Ali back there, he owes me $10,000. Uh, I went over and fought Satoshi Ishii on 30 hours notice, literally 30 hours after they called me in Seattle, I was there in Japan in the ring fighting uh, for $25,000. I agreed to fight Satoshi. This is like, I wasn't even fighting or training at the time at all. Like, they just called me and said, you want to fight tomorrow in Japan? I was like, nah, I'm good. And they said, 25 grand and two round trip tickets and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, okay, why not? Yeah. And then uh, after the fight, they gave me $15,000, and then they didn't speak English anymore. It was crazy. Like, all of a sudden, they're like, oh, they don't, they don't understand anything I'm saying. And I'm like, no, it's 25. And they're like, oh, we don't understand. I was like, no, no, it's 25,000. And I called Monty Cox, and he said, oh, they'll give it to you. Don't worry about it. They've never stuck me. And that's the last I ever heard about it. So. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I flew to England and got detained because I, they're like, why are you here? And I'm like, oh, I'm here to do a comedy show. And then – I, I didn't read like one of the 9,000 emails that like it's small print. It said, don't tell me you're here for a comedy show. You think that would be like the big one, right? <laughs> so they fucking, they, they, they take me to a room with a bunch of like runaway nannies and like illegal. And then I sit there for like 12 hours. They take my passport, put me back on a flight, send me home. I never got paid for that. I was just like, oh, what's up guys? Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet in all your sports action. I mean, football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards. I mean, how cool is that? TV shows and reality TV, which I love to watch. They got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, the scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore, huh? Don't be that guy or girl. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. So visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore AG. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use the promo code CLNS50 for your sign-up bonus. Use the hashtag betonline. But, did uh, Pride ever stick you down on any money or did they stick guys over there? Yeah, Pride stuck me. Yeah. I guess it stuck everybody, you know. Um, uh, shit, who was it? Race up, something was going to kill him, you know? They pissed their pants. <laughs> you know, but yeah, they, they stepped me big time. And I had to... What? Uh, they stepped me, but then I had to, uh, to get out of the country, you know? 
Don, what uh, I was always curious, what did they pay over there to like to guys like let's say like Coleman or Fedor? Do you have any idea what Pride was paying those guys per fight? I never like never could get an answer from anybody on what they were making. I was always curious what they were getting paid. Yeah, I have no idea, but I'm sure those guys are getting more twenty five thousand dollars for fifteen, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's crazy. It's, it's it's crazy. I although I, I gotta say, like performing in Asia was one of the most funniest experience. Like I, when I did comedy in China, I was like on like this like bootleg tour basically. It was just like they made it like it wasn't like most of the places didn't speak English. We would hope there'd be translators there. They don't even call it a comedy. They call it American talk show because you're American and you're talking at the show. <laughs> and then one time I get there in Wuhan, China, like where Wuhan, and right. they're like. Uh, oh, you guys are a rock concert. We're like, no, we're not a rock band. They're like, oh, we have to give you a smoke machine. I'm like, no, we don't need one. We're just telling jokes, you know? So like, no, we have to give you a smoke machine. I'm like, okay. So I get, they announced my name and all of a sudden smoke everywhere. Like, I can't, I can't see anybody. Like, I, like for the first five minutes, it's me in front of 30 Chinese people that don't speak English, like a couple that do, and just smoke. And it, they laughed so hard. Like I was like, that was my, that was my shtick. Like I like couldn't follow the smoke machine. Uh, I actually posted the video. themselves, you know, created smoke machine. Yeah, that's what I said. I go, I said the air is not bad enough. That's the thing about about people don't realize when I was in China, like everyone's like, I don't think we have a chance about cleaning up this world because just for being in China alone. Because I, I just for example, I went, I got a coffee. And I threw it in the garbage. And someone's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, throwing something away. They're like, no, no, no. They want you to leave trash on the floor because that creates jobs. And the people's jobs are to pick up the trash. So now there's trash everywhere. Like, like the place was just, I'm like, wait. So, like, I got in trouble for throwing away a fucking cup of coffee. Uh, that, that, was, that, was, that blew my mind. And also tipping. Like tipping is an insult in China. Like a guy gave me like a, I got I bought like a Coke at a at a bar. It was like five. It was ten, five dollars. I gave him ten, and he goes, "Hey, get out of here. It's okay." I'm like, "No, no, it's it's for you. Get out of here." I go, "No, you get out of here." I go, I go "Leave." I go, "I'm not fuck." Here's go, like, they get very offended when you tip. Like it's it's I don't I don't know why. I, I guess it's a Western thing, but damn, they got offended when you tip. That makes Karate Kid too make so much more sense because I can never figure out what Chosen's problem was with Daniel LaRusso. Like, he just would always attack him for insulting his honor. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was all over tipping. Like, I don't get it. Don, do you ever go to any of the uh, strip clubs when you're in Japan? What's that? You ever go to the strip clubs when you were in uh, Japan? Oh, yeah. They had beautiful women from uh, Australia. Just gorgeous. You know, but, uh, but uh, they all, you know, which is uh, hookers or else, uh, and I don't know, some kind of a spy or something like that, you know, who knows, it, it was like, uh, I'm not paying you um, for for sex, I, you know, I get bad sex at home, shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, what about you, uh, McCormick, you've never been a big uh, strip club guy, huh? No, man, I always say, man, I dated girls better looking than any stripper I've ever seen for free. Why would I go pay a girl to pretend like she likes me? Like, at a, especially I wouldn't go all the way to Japan to see an Australian. That doesn't make sense. But, uh, 
It, uh, I was all the way in Australia, though, one time, and I noticed that 75% of the population was Asian, which I thought was really weird. Like, in Melbourne, Australia, almost everyone is Asian. Like, almost, literally, like 85% of the people are Asian. It's, it blew my mind. Wow, so. I, did, I did not know that. Yeah. I went to, I went to, when I was in Vegas, like, this girl that was on Rock of Love, who was like, I was like just on Chelsea lately the week before. So she was like, oh, you're on Chelsea. She was all about it. But she was like really racist. I'm not going to say who it was, but like people would walk by and she'd be like, ooh, this was, but she was like hot. And I didn't know what, like, so there was, it, I had that dilemma of like, should I take her home or, cause I, cause she like liked me, but she was racist, but she was hot. So I, I compromised. Like when I banged her, I'm like, yeah, you like black dick just to like, uh, just, 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 uh, but she wasn't racist against you, right? No, but at the same time, but yeah, no, but like, uh, did I, did, did I take you to porn star karaoke when you came to LA, Sean? No. Uh -uh. Oh, that's one thing I missed. So they have this thing called porn star karaoke in LA, or it used to be, where they had porn stars doing karaoke, right? And uh, it, it started off with like the really hot porn stars. And then once everyone got word about it, it became like the, the C or D level. It was like a chick that was on the like one episode of Come on My Glasses Part 7 or something. It wasn't like, you know, the, so. Good not those classy chicks story. from, not those classy chicks from backdoor Latin sluts five. It's, it's right, like, yeah, it was. It's it the, was bad. Yeah, the fluffers, the fluffers, yeah, in the background, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there was like, <laughs> there was one chick that was like giving a blowjob in the bathroom to, in like the men's bathroom, and it was like a small bathroom, so it was like one stall. So you went to use the urinal, and you heard like her blowing some dude, and then when she left, everyone started clapping for her. I forgot her name. I think she like broke the record like most guys in one night or something. But I it's okay that she was in the men's bathroom though because she identified as a whore. So <laughs> it worked. <laughs> but I, I remember one time when like that show Christina that that song Dirty came out. Christina Aguilera, Dirty. Remember that that yeah. And it was like and it was like five hot porn stars like singing to it like just like freaking each other and like going like they were like giving other lap dances. I'm like this is pretty hot. So I'm sitting at a table, and then Ron Jeremy's next to me. This is a pre Ron Jeremy, right? He, he was still dirty and whatever. And then, and then Be Real shows up. Be Real from Cypress Hill. And then before that, the band Survivor performed. They were there every week. Survivor, like playing dirty, but like they, but they were like, because like I think they were, I don't know, like they were like the big deal. Survivor every week. This was in, it was at Sardo's in Burbank, right? So then I'm like, what's gonna happen now? You got all the girls from like the, the the freak at each other all of a sudden tommy lee walks in like he got like the signal like the horse signal like dude this like so he shows up and i'm at the table now with tommy lee ron jeremy and be real right it's surreal i'm fucking stoned off my ass I'm like this is crazy so some chick comes over and she goes look tommy and just flashes her tits to him right tommy lee takes a lighter and starts trying to like burn the girl's tits off like he naturally <laughs> And then it was just like awkward, and the girl just left. It was that—that that was the whole story. But I, I ran into Tommy. 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 Look, come on, gasoline. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> Something about gasoline. I don't know. <laughs> where did where it gets, her tits filled with silicone or gasoline? I don't know. I probably <laughs> silicone. But I'm like, I mean, Tommy Lee's probably seen that many tits where he thought like lighting the girl's tits on fire—that's the thing to do. Uh, I think. Hey, so, something interesting. I've seen, I've seen uh, 
80 million sets. Yeah, there's always something interesting with those sets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Don, when you, were, when you after one of your fights, did girls come up to you and just, like, flash you the tits? Oh, yeah. You know, it was – you would get that, you know. The tits could do so many things, you know. Um, uh, when you when you when you would win, you know, I was never gonna flash to me when I lost. But, <laughs> I know I ran into Tommy Lee in the VIP at uh, the UFC in LA, and I told him I loved his work in the Fugitive. Like I said, he was amazing, and he did uh, not get it at all. He just stared uh, at me blankly. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, man. I kind of miss. That's the thing about LA that, like, like just crazy shit happens. Like, I remember I was on stage one time at the Dime Bar. There's like seven people there, and I asked a girl, I'm like, "What do you do for a living?" And she's like, "I'm a professional cuddler." And I thought she was kidding. I'm like, "What? Oh, what do you? What do you mean?" She's like, I'm, "I'm a cuddler. I'm the I'm the world's only five star cuddler. Google me, right?" And then somebody googled her. She was like, she gets paid for guys to cuddle with her, right? That's like, like, and I'm like, "How much do you get?" She's like, three hundred dollars a night or something. So now every girl's like mad because they're like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? This, she's cuddling. And she wasn't even like, like the hottest girl. She was like, I don't know, like what you think a cuddler would look like, you know? So Jay Moore was there and Jay Moore's like, yo, I'm going to take her home. I'm like, the cuddler? He's like, I'm going to break her. I, I'm like, dude. So, so then, so Jay goes home with her and I, the next day I'm like, Jay, how'd it go? He's like, she just wanted to cuddle. I'm like, dude, she's a fucking cuddler, bro. <laughs> I, he goes, yeah, he goes, I take her home and she goes, do you want to be the big spoon or the little spoon? That's like her, her line, you know? And uh, he was like the big spoon. That, that was his whole, that's, 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 I mean. If Jay wanted to break her, he should have made her watch some of his movies. She'd have broke immediately. Ah. Like, Listen, what do you want to do? Just turn it off. <laughs> Did she charge him? Yeah, of course. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's when he says, my real name's Adam Hunter, honey. Um, send the bill, send the bill to the, the club. Meanwhile, I got, so, so Jessica I has an OnlyFans account, right? And she says, hey, I have a triple X, or I have an, I have an R-rated OnlyFans for an extra amount of money. So then I, I'm like, well, now you can watch her blow it in and out of the octagon. So I, I, I called her. I'm like, can I do this joke? And she's like, she's like yeah. And she's like, you asshole, fine. Go ahead, blah, blah. So then um, the other day she writes, I'm going to kick you in the balls when I see you. And I'm like, how much extra is that on OnlyFans? <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe some of these women, the money they're making on OnlyFans and they aren't even good looking? Not that I thought of Jessica I in that light. I'm yeah. just saying, like, some of these girls, man, I don't know. Like, I just, like, I don't know. I thought we, had, I thought we were in a recession and a pandemic. Like, yeah. people have money to blow on a chick that they're not fucking that they're not going to hook up with, that they're not, like, they don't care about. Like, what, I don't even, I don't know what you're getting from that. I mean, I guess maybe. Poor. Like, getting poor. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe guys like it when, like, a girl's masturbating and calls out their name or something. For, like, I could sort of see that, a guy doing that. Like, oh, I'm going to pay a girl to masturbate and yell my name. Uh, not me. It's not, I, I've had it done. It's not worth it. I wouldn't pay <laughs> Yeah, I just not. I don't. I just, man. First, my wife. We have joint accounts, so she would see that. Like, what is this? She, she fucking she would kill me. Uh, so Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. So they they had their, their big uh, 
did you did you watch it, Sean? I watched the press conference. Yeah, it uh, it was funny to see Ben Askren. I'd be at a loss for words for once. Like it, it looked like he genuinely didn't know what to say back. Like get a, of course, I don't know what you say back to somebody going woo 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 when you try to talk. Like it's limited to what you can say. But uh, yeah, it was funny. He actually uh, he actually seemed to be irritated. I didn't know Jake was as big as he is. He's considerably bigger than uh, Ben. Well, here's the thing about that, right? So at first I was like, Jake Paul's going to win boxing. But then I thought, you know what? Like Askren has always had a fallback plan of, look, no matter how bad this fight goes, I could just I could take the guy down. Now he knows he can't do that. So I feel like he's only going to take this a lot. It looked like he's in better shape. He looks like he genuinely hates the guy. Uh, he, and he looks like he doesn't want to lose. Uh, I'm kind of leaning towards Askren. And in some ways, I think if he just focuses on striking for the next, for the last four months in this, he may come back to MMA and be a better fighter because now he has another weapon that he was never really wanted to use or needed to use. Now he could actually punch a little bit. So I'm starting to get excited about it. And then him and Masvidal were going at it. I told Masvidal, listen, man, you landed one lucky knee. You know, you got 50, 45s to Usman. Like, fuck you, man. Like, leave me alone. Uh, I hope Askren wins, but he'd look like, even when he like smushed him, like it looked like there was different levels. In some ways, I think, I don't know. Uh, Don Fry, what do you think about this? About what? You threw a bunch of, uh, a whole bunch of names out there, buddy. All right, what do you, what do you think about the, who do you you think is going to win this fight? Which fight? Ben Askren. No, Jake Paul. Right, versus, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. I'm, go, I'm, go, I'm hoping to go with Ben, but uh, with my record lately, you know, it, it, he'd probably be better off if I, I said Jake Paul. You know, sure. Yeah. Uh, man, I it would be. I would hate. Hey. To, I mean, Dana White's putting a million dollars on Ben Askren. Yeah. The thing you got to remember, too, man, like Jake Paul looked great against two guys he's fought. How great would Ben Askren have looked against Nate Robinson and that other homeless guy? Like, it's not – it's so easy to look good against terrible guys. Like, if you put me – give me the biggest, most muscle-bound dude in the world who looks really physically impressive, who's never trained before, and I'll submit him three times a minute with no problem at all if he doesn't know what he's doing, you know? Um, and that would make me look great. And then put me in there where somebody knows what they're doing and they, you know, uh, would give me all I could handle or beat me. So it's kind of like uh, – if, if Ben Askren fought Nate Robinson, he would – Nate Robinson's like 5'7", 150 pounds and has never fought. Like, that's that's not a, like, impressive win. And, like, oh, he's got a nasty right hand. Yeah, if he can land it on uh, Askren. But, I, I mean, Askren's been training – however terrible he may be at stand-up, he's been training for at least 12 years stand-up, you know, regularly. Um, so, he's going to – and he's, his cardio is going to be a lot better. And for the first time, Jake Paul's going to be fighting somebody that's real, not somebody that's some – stooge you know so we'll see how he handles that stress he's smart though the money they're making i'll tell you what um i know he doesn't believe half of what he's saying or most of what he's saying but he's smart man because he seems sincere uh when he's talking shit yeah no i mean Wait, and, uh, dana, dana bet a million dollars he's saying he's gonna put a million dollars on ben Askren, and then snoop dogg says he'll take the bet uh yeah, snoop, snoop dogg, dogg wanted to bet him two million and dana said why would i bet you straight up two million when the odds are two to one on Jake Paul, you know, he could double his, you know, double up his money either way. 
on the bet, but I thought it was funny that Snoop thought Dana would be scared to bet two million when Snoop probably has thirty thousand dollars to bank and Dana's got seven hundred million. But well, Snoop's like, oh, I'll bet you two million. Like Dana's gonna be like, oh no, I can't do that. You know. Well, the commentary team is gonna be Snoop Dogg and Pete Davidson, uh, and then they're having all kind of having Justin Bieber perform. I think Migos. Perform. It's gonna be entertaining. Uh, on the undercard, Steve Cunningham, who was like a legit boxer, is fighting Frank Mir. Frank Mir is supposed to fight Antonio Tarver. But Tarver didn't pass the physical. I mean, how bad do you have to be to not pass a physical in boxing? On a Jake Paul fight? On a Jake Paul. I mean, isn't it like touch your toes and like hop on one foot or something? I mean, yeah. how hard is it? <laughs> right? Is it I think, I think it's interesting that uh, the, like Pete Davidson, Snoop Dogg, or the commentating team, neither of them have ever known their father. Um, <laughs> like, I think that's uh, interesting. So. For those of you that don't know, Pete Davidson's dad died in 9-11. Uh, thank you. Thank you for clarifying. It was a tragedy. In case you weren't offended when you heard it. Okay, so <laughs> now uh, this week in Bellator uh, on Showtime, Patricio <laughs> Pitbull is fighting Emmanuel Sanchez. You guys know these guys? Yep. Uh, should be a good fight. Um, Pitbull's won like five in a row. Sanchez has a win over Daniel Weichel. Speedy Claxton, Georgia Caracanian. Uh I like this fight uh, a lot. Who do we like in this fight? Sean? Um, I'd say Pitbull, man. He's been looking. He looks like he's going to string together another couple of wins just in time to jump to the UFC, uh, like everybody else at Bellator. So, yeah, he's looked really, really good his last couple, man. Like, uh, he uh, has impressed me. A lot of times at Bellator, guys, obviously, if you don't even know when the fight is, you're not going to, you know, know the guys. But uh, they uh, – I mean, they get man. They they grow some of their own talent, man. Really, it isn't all just guys that are cast off the UFC. Sometimes, like Michael Chandler, guys like that, they're coming up with some pretty good guys on their own. Yep. Uh, you want care to comment on this on this fight, Don Fry? Yeah, I think Pitbull. You know, uh, like you said, he's coming along. Yeah. He's got the experience. I'll go with Pitbull. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and then Neiman Gracie, whose only loss is to Roy McDonald. He's fighting Jason Jackson, who's really good. The guy's coming off a win over uh, Ben Henderson. He beat Jordan Meehan. He lost to Ed Ruth, although I thought he won that fight. Uh, this kid's really good. His last, like, real loss, I thought, was Kyle Stewart in, 2000, in, uh, in 2017. So he really hasn't lost in like, four years. Uh, and that was an injury loss, so who knows what happened there. And he, he has a win over Diego Lima, too, in, in Titan FC. So, yeah, that's going to be a good fight. It was supposed to be your boy, but he pulled out of his fight. Sean. Who? Who is it? Matt Mitrione pulled out. Oh, he pulled out? I didn't know that. I thought he was still fighting. No, so now it's Tyrell Fulton versus Jack May. Uh, well, that'll draw some views. But... <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything I want to see, it's a Fulton Mays fight or whoever you just said. And on the on the undercard though, Magomed Magomedov, who's seventeen and one, this guy's a monster. Uh, he's fighting C.J. Hamilton, and then Roger Huerta is still around. He's fighting Chris Gonzalez on the undercard. There's a guy that like his career has been so up and down. Roger Huerta, uh, lately down, but I mean still <laughs> lately. I, mean, I got you know I got a I got the inside story on Roger Huerta. Back in the day, they were looking for a guy to appeal to the Latin American market. Um, I got this. From a source, uh, Monty Cox, who was really close to him. I was going to use an anonymous, but I'll just go ahead and tell you. But, no, Monty told me that – he told Roger, hey, they, you're a good-looking kid. They want to build the Latin American market. 
they're going to give you guys you can beat, you know. So after he wins four or five fights, he's on Sports Illustrated. Um, they're giving him every time they're handpicking a guy who's never fought in the UFC to fight him, the guy they know he'll beat, right? So Huerta lost his mind. Is like, I want to fight a top five guy. I want to fight, you know, somebody real. And uh, Monty's telling him, hey, listen, let's not get crazy, you know what I mean, or whatever, because Monty can – Monty Cox can make a living bet, and he knows who's going to win every single fight. Um, he can tell you ahead of time, oh, this guy will beat this guy. He's just doing, been doing it so long. But he told Roger, let's not get crazy. Man. Let's just ride this one. It's hard enough to win in the UFC. Let's just keep riding this. No, I want to fight somebody real. I don't remember who they put him in against, but Joe Silva's like, oh, you want to fight somebody real? Okay, and they got, him, got his ass kicked repeatedly after that, you know, or whatever. They, uh, Joe Silva was kind of a mean guy back in the day, man, if you crossed him, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's what happened to Huerta. He could have been – I mean, he had time. If, if they keep letting you win or give you good guys, you got time to improve. He could have really been something, man. But people start drinking their own Kool-Aid sometimes and asking for it. I always ask, whenever they would ask me who I want to fight in the UFC, I would have said I want to fight the worst heavyweight in the UFC, unless that's me, in which case I want to fight the second worst heavyweight in the UFC. That was always my, uh, my plan. So, Fry, did you ever call anybody out, or did everyone call you out? No, nah, I never called anybody out. I don't even know if anybody ever called me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get my number around. So um. <laughs> there was a lot of guys calling him out on the set of uh, the Longest Yard, but unfortunately oh. he wasn't there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he couldn't yeah, hear him. Sorry about that, man. Burt Reynolds. I, I do apologize for that. Uh, the next week on Showtime, Ryan Good. Bader Bader versus Pachita. Uh I was at the first fight. That was crazy because Bader had the right strategy of just don't engage, take your time until something's there. Then the whole crowd starts booing, like booing. Bader's like, fuck it, I'm gonna shoot in for a double and gets kneed and fucking knocked out. Um, mm. It's like, you can't listen to the crowd. I honestly think a lot of these fights with no crowd would be a lot different with the crowd. Uh, especially the judging too. Cause sometimes like when the judges hear, you know, the hometown guy getting cheered every time he hits, they get influenced, whether or not they yeah. want or not. Um, but uh, who, who do we like in this rematch? Don Fry, Machida or Bader? Who, who's Bader fighting? Lyoto Machida. Oh, uh, I'm going with Bader. I think Bader will pull it out this time. I mean, most of these guys are stupid fighting Machida. They stick their damn chin out and drop their hands, you know, which is not a uh, very good game plan against somebody who's a striker. So, yeah, as long as he keeps his chin tucked down, keeps his hands up, you know, and then he'll win. Sean? I say Bader, man. I think Bader's still in his prime, really, or close to it. I think Machida's got to be over 40 now or, or older even, man. I think he's uh, early 40s. I think uh, his time's well past. Um, it's just weird to me that now they're on Showtime. Like, they went from being on a no station. I couldn't figure out where Belter was, and now they're on Showtime probably following a branded shop comedy special. Uh, so they're <laughs> really nowhere now. So I don't know uh, – I don't know, man. It's weird. They just keep changing. Weren't they on DAZN exclusively for a couple of years, I thought? Yeah. I, yeah, I had to cancel DAZN. I'm like, why am I paying? And DAZN would fucking, they fucked you. They just said it, it was like $10 a month. You're like, okay, I can deal with that. And then it went, went up to 20 without telling anybody. Right, like, yeah. You can't, you can't just do that. Uh, so John Jones tweeted out, please just cut me. You'd rather have me around and treat me like shit. I swear the UFC industry has been nothing but depressing for me. I feel like my wings are being clipped. Just fucking let me go. What type of weird shit is this? Obviously, the boss hates me. Let me take my business elsewhere. Um, Where's he going to go? Yeah, exactly. 
You know, I can't really blame him, though. I mean, John Jones has done everything right since he got the UFC. Like, he's, <laughs> he's been a model citizen, perfect to deal with, never showed up positive for steroids, repeated fights, didn't didn't cause U or UFC 200's uh, main event to drop out. Like, it's not like he, you know, hit a car, hit a lady in a car and ran. Like, he's he's done everything he could ask. Why wouldn't they show him the money? Fuck. I mean, Don. He should be happy to have a job right now, let alone – want more money or a different promoter, man. Like, but, any, no one else would – if there were another promotion, they probably wouldn't have put up with it. But he so. vacated the 205. Right. He, <laughs> said, I'm, he said, I'm going to heavyweight. So he went to heavyweight. He put on 30 pounds. And now he's like, I want more money. It's like, oh, look, I don't – just how much? Just say, how much money do you want? And then, I'm, and then they could probably match it or put on – get him pay-per-view points or something. Everyone in the world well, – Well, he hasn't himself. You gotta prove yourself a heavyweight first. You think so? I mean, come on. You think so, really? I'm, I know he gets pay per view points, so I don't know if he just wants more pay per view points um, or what. But he's his contract definitely has pay per view points in it, so I don't know what the complaint I, is. I don't see what I look. I don't know. If, I'm not there. It just seems like this is not the best way to go about it um, because you know they're not going to let you go. Number one, you're the best fighter in the world. You're arguably the best of all time. You've been a huge pain in the ass for people. You get it. But they're not going to let you go. You go to Bellator? I mean, I mean, fight on Showtime? I mean, come on, dude. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Um, I, don't see the, I, I don't see them not matching his offer. Unless he's like, I want $800 billion or something. Like, I, I, I can't see them being like, no, we're not going to go close to that or match that. I, I mean, right? I mean, they know how much money that, that, that fight's going to bring in. Now, Maybe the live gate because of COVID. Maybe that could be a holdup, you know, because they don't know when they're going to go to Vegas. Where's the fight going to be in Jacksonville again? I mean, how many times? There's probably other factors here. It's not a regular situation. But I don't see that. I don't know. I'm talking on my ass, so why are people even listening to this? But it just seems like. When is the last time he fought? I don't even remember when John Jones fought last. Who was it? Do you remember? Like, that's another thing. He hasn't really looked that good his last couple of fights either. No. And it was a long time ago, right? Like, wasn't it a year and a half ago or something? Yeah, he barely he, – he, he barely beat – what's his name? Uh, the, the kid from – What's his uh, – Riverside, right? From Riverside. Oh, gosh, the dude – I can't knocked, remember his name. The guy who knocked, got knocked out by Jan Blakovich. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, oh, speaking of the Jan guy, uh, so Don Fry hits me up and bets $100 on Jan against Stylebender. Said, hey, can you put some money on there for me? I said, sure. So he wins $215 on a $100 bet. So I hit Don up the other night, and I was like, hey, you want to put any money on this fight? It's getting ready to happen, Stipe and Nganu. And then uh, 12 hours after the fight happens, he said, bet it all on Nganu. <laughs> Dominic Reyes. All right. So yeah, last, that's it. So his last fight, you, I thought he lost. Yeah, you claim, you, you claim it was 12 hours late. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Weird. That right, text so took a while. So his last, fight, his last fight, he lost. I mean, I thought he lost. Tiago Santos, he won a split decision. You could argue that he lost that fight, too. He beat Anthony Smith, uh, and he, he beat Gustafson. But, but he's still, at the same time, he's 26-1. and one. He's 27-0, really. He is 27-0. Um, it's just, you know, all the, all the outside shit that kind of went on. But I, don't know, but I don't know about tweeting this. I'm not really sure this is the way to go. I just don't know if that's, that's the way to go. But who, what the fuck do I know, you know? Um, now, uh, the other thing is that what's his name? Aljamain Sterling says that he's not sure 
if Peter Yan deserves deserves a rematch. Right. He's not sure if Peter Yan deserves to beat him mercilessly again. I mean, is that that's got to be a troll, right? He's got. I mean, he's got to be laughing about that, right? Like that. I I would. I would hope that, or he definitely doesn't want to fight him. That's. It's one of the two. So. I I mean, Don, what what's up with that? All right, it just got, it just got, <laughs> what's real? It just got announced just now. Anderson Silva is fighting Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. in a boxing match. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, Jr. Wait. Jr. Jr. Yeah. I said he's junior, not the right? one that won. He's not the one from the 80s, right? No, not junior. the one from the 80s. Well, the 80s would actually is better, but it seems like yeah. Anderson Silva. Oh, yeah. he, all right, so the 45-year-old is reportedly set to fight Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. in a 10-round boxing match at Jalisco Stadium in Guadalajara, Mexico. The fight is going to be called Tribute to the Kings. Uh, it'll be on pay-per-view. Yeah, and I'm, I'm fighting marvelous Martin Adler on the undercard. Uh, he just died. <laughs> <laughs> he just died, and I still have Hagler. Uh, so, <laughs> so this is the, the first time Silva competes in combat sports. Wait, did you just say you're putting money in Hagler? Yes. <laughs> oh, you dirty dog. Oh. <laughs> so Chavez is 35. Um, I think Chavez wins this fight in boxing. Uh, even though he hasn't really lived up to expectations and Kind of like, you know, in big fights, he's sort of falling apart. I think it's Anderson Silva's first boxing match ever against Chavez Jr. I like Chavez. You? I mean, I've never yeah. seen Chavez fight. I saw his dad fight, but I don't know about uh, about the son. I think it's awesome that we're slowly moving toward, like, the celebrity boxing model <laughs> where it's just like, you remember, like, when Refrigerator Perry fought Manute Bowl and then Willis from different strokes beat the shit out of Vanilla Ice, like, I, we're slowly morphing boxing, the boxing world into that. It's awesome. For two seconds. Uh, yeah, that, that's hilarious. But I actually ran into Willis one time. They had me at the Scott Bayo Charity <laughs> Golf Tournament. They had me. Please, had please me. tell me you asked him what he was talking about. I know, awesome. but he was playing golf, and they wanted me to roast people while they're playing golf, right? Which, but they didn't tell anyone playing golf this was going to happen. So I was just like an annoying <laughs> guy walking up to people, like just. Like like Lorenzo Lamas and like so Willis was about was about to take a golf swing and I go what was jail like and he's like and then I guess the people he was playing with didn't know he went to jail so he had to explain why he went to jail and uh, <laughs> you were like what's manslaughter like Todd like Todd it didn't go I mean he luckily he he started laughing but he was like and then I brought up the vanilla ice thing and he was like you know. I'm like, I knew you were going to be Vanilla Ice. You, like, you spent time in prison. And, like, I was just like, I made it even worse. So, yeah, that was uh, – so, Aljamain Sterling thinks Peter Yan intentionally cheated in their fight and shouldn't get an immediate rematch. Uh, he said, any other sport where you do something intentionally illegal, you get suspended, you get fined, you get ejected. But this guy is getting rewarded with a rematch, which I get is a big fight, but it's like we could just break the rules and nothing's going to happen to us. I could just jump the octagon. And nothing's gonna happen to me. I, I jump. Uh, I, I could just go and fight another corner or push them after the bell. Nothing's gonna happen. It's like I feel like when you have rules for a reason, you kind of have to enforce them. Otherwise, let's just run them up. Uh, oh, oh, I can translate that for you. Like you're hurt. 
when, when you act like you're hurt, you can't continue, but there's a bunch of bullshit. Um, <laughs> you just continue to. Come on. Like, I mean, I, like, that was the worst acting job. That was the worst fucking acting job I've ever seen in my life. Who was better, Bob Sapp and Big Stan or, or, or uh, Aljamain Sterling? <laughs> no, Bob Sapp was great. I like Bob Sapp was great. Okay, got it, got it. Um, no, listen, I think Aljamain has a point, just not in this situation. Because it didn't... No, he, 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 made, he made Randy Couture look like um, uh, Marlon Brando. So, okay, so, <laughs> so Mike Winklejohn, who's Jones's corner... He predicts that uh, John Jones would finish Ngannou late in the fight. I mean, if he's gonna, if he's gonna win, that's probably the, how he's gonna win. Either stay away from him and points, or get him really tired. Just run around for an, an hour and then you know jump on him when he's tired. Basically, uh, I, I don't he see him. Really lousy fight. What was that? He's predicting a really lousy fight. Yeah, he's right. His coach is saying <laughs> it's gonna be a lousy fight. Uh, Benil Dariush is fighting Tony Ferguson. That's going to be a good fight. Man, Tony Ferguson, if he doesn't win this fight, may want to go to PFL and get, the, get that million dollars. because uh, That's absolutely what I would do for him. Like, he can beat anybody in PFL easily. You know, I was thinking earlier, uh, real quick, not to change the subject, but you know how Don brought up Marlon Brando? I heard somewhere the other day that, and Adam, you may have heard this, I don't know, being in Hollywood, is it true you think that uh, Marlon Brando and Richard Pryor used to have sex with each other? Yes, that was according to Richard Pryor's kid, right? That's what he yeah, his kid. No, 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 that was said kid. Or... Someone else said that. Somebody else said that. Someone like, close to him, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, the only thing uh, that reminded me of that, I was thinking the other day that uh, I saw a clip of Brendan Schaub doing stand-up comedy on, uh, on YouTube, and I read a comment, the comment said, it said, uh, Brendan Schaub is uh, this, like, our generation's Richard Pryor, and by that I mean he's bisexual. And uh, I started laughing, and then I looked, and it was my comment I made two years ago. I had oh no idea God. it was my own comment on YouTube, and that really made me laugh that I that I didn't uh, that I didn't know it was my comment when I read it under top comments. So I don't know. So Rob Font is taking on Cody Garbrandt. Uh, they both want to knock each other out. That's the way Cody loses fights. I feel like I feel like Cody could win almost anybody if he just stays away. When he gets into these wars. E. That's what Derek Brunson told me. He's like, I figured out that getting into hockey fights, I had a 50% chance of winning. But if I actually fought like and stayed away and yada yada, I would win most of the fights. Uh, Don, I feel like you know you're one of the guys that that doesn't work for because you win the hockey fights because no one can, nobody can out your head's just too fucking hard. Nobody got hockey me. Yeah, nobody got hockey you right. Yeah. Hey, you're a hockey puck. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I'm a hockey puck. <laughs> I'm like, saying you're a hockey puck is still funnier than like anybody most just, people stand up. Like just the fact that like there's this, you hear the like, certain people can read the phone book and be funny. It's like an expression. And uh, Fry, you're one of those people, man. Congratulations. <laughs> uh so of course you're assuming don can read but that's kind of taking a jump but i'm kidding don i love you so uh yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) good good thing you're in indianapolis uh missouri there you know (laughs) so you're a hockey uh, puck don how about that yeah exactly yeah so all right you know that's funny that's funny 
so all right. So okay, here, so here, here, here's what Stipe said. First and foremost, I'm okay. <laughs> I, I can tell you what he said. It was. I know, rah, rah, rah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I know that fall wasn't my most graceful fall, but I was unconscious, so it happens. Cry, uh, cry, crying emoji. To my family and friends, especially Croatia and Cleveland, I love you. I'm sorry. I hate letting you down. To my team, thank you. We win as a family, lose as a family. Losses aren't fun. They always sit for a while, sting for a while. That's, that's you know, that's the beast of this business. You can't win them all. Don't forget, God put, always put you where you're meant to be at that exact moment. You, can, you can't dwell on what you should have done better. Unfortunately, I deviated from the game plan. I felt great coming into the second round. I saw it, I was beginning to go as planned. He was getting winded, and I came in overzealous and unprotected. I wasn't in as good a posture to take the hit. He saw the opening and did it, what any great fighter, what any great fighter would do. And he, he, he congratulates him. Uh, what do you think, Sean? I think some people would say that sounds like excuses. To me, it sounds like rah, rah, rah. No, I'm just um, Sorry, I love Steve. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's uh, I mean it's pretty simple. He just got hit by a guy who hits harder than him. He did. He did. I thought he stunned Ngannou, and I think that's a natural reaction to try to follow it up. But I think that's where the mistake was. Man is uh, getting overly excited, thinking you hurt somebody, and walking toward a guy that hits that hard is a little crazy, man. It's crazy. That's I think that's the most hurt Ngannou's ever been. Was that stunning him? Like, yeah. Like that's the thing about Ngannou. He's taking no damage in any of his fights. Like even John Jones has been through wars, wars. Uh, his Gustafson fight, yada yada. I mean, whereas this guy's never been hurt. He's never been rocked. It's uh, it's wild. Don, what do you think of uh, Stipe's comment? Well, it's not ridiculous. Uh, we win as a family, we lose as a family. Bullshit. When you lose, there's nobody around. They all disappear. And I'll uh, guarantee you. Yeah. And your house is full of friends. You know, they're all patting you on the back. You lose. It's a quiet, quiet place. That's the truest words ever spoken, man. Like, yeah, I never heard from anybody when I lost. Not a, are you okay? Not anything. No, you, just, that's bullshit. Just, I, 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 you said I was the only one. Well, yeah, like you, but I mean, like, as far as fr supposed friends and family, like, no one. Like, it just. Well, that's what he said. Not, nobody. He heard from nobody. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's why I do think I remember that, Adam. I told you, you are the only one that asked me if I was okay after the fight, other than, like, my mom, you know what I mean? Or whatever. But I mean, no friends, no, uh, no, nobody. But, man, you win. Every person you ever met in your life wants to corner your next fight, you know? So. Yeah. Well, listen, that's yeah, all I want. Y'all want to walk down the ring with you? Ah, go to hell. <laughs> it's, goddamn, it's a fucking job. It's a circus act. You know? Goddamn, I'm there to fight. I'm there to fight. You know, get the shit knocked out of me or knock the shit off somebody. I'm not there so you can be on TV and wait to, your, wait to some asshole you knew in the seventh grade. <laughs> I used to tell... My friends used to tell me, man, I'd love to trade place with you for one day, like my friends from before I got a little bit famous. And anytime one of them was one of my, like if I had a third spot for a third corner man, I'd let one of my buddies do it. And right before the fight started, I always look at him and be like, want to trade places now? Because I don't want to be here. And uh, they were yeah. always like, no, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. I was like, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'll, I'll trade places with you about a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Sean, what do you have coming up? Well, just same stuff, running the puppy mill and uh, fighting ticks. We've got ticks everywhere out here, man. It's just uh, 
We live in the country. Sometimes ain't all it's cracked up to be, especially if you got to go in town to get an internet server. Don knows what I mean, but um, no, man, it's uh, just doing whatever it is I do. What about you, Don? Anything coming up? I just turned over one of the silly podcasts. Get it going still. <laughs> you know, the hard thing is uh, getting people to show up. You know, they all they all make promises that they'll be there, and then they, you know it comes comes the day there and they disappear. And uh, you know, uh, you wouldn't know anything about that, would you, Adam? That's bullshit, Don. You said you were coming to my show in in Phoenix. You never came Thursday. You never came Friday. I was in town for three. I got two hours of sleep. Uh, I drove to fucking Tucson, uh, then filmed this short film. I had to fucking drive back and do two shows that night, and, and then and then I did another show. And then Phoenix, I drove back six hours Sunday. So uh, you could have came to Phoenix. Where where are you going back to um, Arizona, Adam? Because I'm going to meet you two out there. Don, you guys tell me when it's going to happen. You know that, right? Uh, yeah. That- that's the, that's what you claim. You never you never told me where you were working at. I, I you didn't told give me any information. Oh really? Really? Because here, I'll show you the text, Don. Uh, hold on. Here we go. It's probably that same that same text. That same text. Um, uh, oh, let me know. Let me uh, here's Don's text. Let me know where the location is in time. Thanks, man. I'll be doing comedy tomorrow night at seven and nine. And Sunday at 7 at, at 5350 High Street. I'm in Tucson filming all day, and I gave you the exact thing. And you wrote, ah, of course. You just said three hours. And then, and then you wrote, ah, okay, I was there from 9 to, to 3, and I had to drive back. And you wrote, ah, of course. That's my favorite rock. Th- that, that was your text back. So, like, there was, there was no, like, th- that's what you wrote. That's my favorite rock. So I was, you could have went to Phoenix Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. And I was only in Tucson for like four hours. And I was so fucking tired, bro, because I, from driving and sick. Oh, yeah, I, I came up there and drove you, drove you now, drove you back. Yeah. Dude, I was sick. I was, I was also sick. And I also drove, I drove five hours Sunday, Thursday to get to the gig, did a show. Friday, I had. Wait, you were also sick. Is that what you said? Yes, I was also sick. Yeah, and you and you also had a bullet wound and an arrow from the Apache attack. Dude, then I, I did I did two shows Friday night. Uh, got off stage, the hyenas, at, yeah. I, then drove you, to Tucson. Did this. You had thing, a flat tire. You fucking ran drove back. Gas, uh, then I did two shows Saturday night. Sunday, I did a show. Drove five hours. They asked me to open for John Cleese. On, on Monday, yesterday, I, didn't, I couldn't even open for Cleese. I, I had to get my fucking vaccine shot. Uh, so I couldn't even open for John Cleese from you know, Monty Python. I'm, I'm, I'm like, no way. Day. You fucked that up? Yeah, I had to get my vaccine. How did you fucked up opening for John Cleese? Yes. God dang. Boy, how do you fuck that up? I got to get a vaccine. <laughs> Why? Why? Because he's over 90? No, because I'm around people, and, and people right, who are. John Cleese, John Cleese is over ninety, right? No, I had to get a vaccine Monday in L.A. I had an appointment, so I had to drive. I had to drive back Sunday night. I drove back six hours Sunday night. Uh, Wait, do you live in L.A. or Las Vegas? L.A. I'm trying to figure out if you lived in L.A. or Vegas. L.A., L.A. I live in L.A. 
So your new house, where's your new house at? It's, a, it's like in the valley in Winneka. But yeah, I, I, I knew you were mad at me for that. But you could have came to Phoenix, bro. You're like, I'm coming to your show. I'm coming to your show. You never came to the show. And then when I told you exactly where I was going to be, you go, that's my favorite rock. That's what you said. So I, I think, you like, send I, a, you sent me a picture. You sent me a picture of a rock and a cactus. Yeah, there's, an address, there's, an ad, there's an address attached to it. It says Pima County, 36th Street, Trailhead. 3280 West 36th Street, Tucson. That's that's what I sent you. The fucking. This is my favorite part of the podcast. And you, you wrote, you go, oh, of course. That's my favorite rock. Look, just so everyone fucking knows, like, this is not me. I go, look, look, here you go. Fucking, let me know where you're going. Thanks, man. I'll be here. And then this, that, this, that. Okay. This is not me. This is not me. Don. Hello? Are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> Send him the address of where you're at right now, Adam. Fuck, man. I thought maybe you pulled a dead cat. You know, I'll find you in the closet wearing one of the skinnies, you know, with a uh, rope on your neck. That's not Dan Kenny. That's uh, what's his name? The guy. No, listen. No, I look. I, I was exhausted. I was sick. I still was hoping you'd come to the show, and I, of course I'd make time for you. I was only in Tucson for like three, four hours because I had a two-hour drive there at seven in the morning, and then I had to get back before the show uh, and two hours drive back. So I was only there, and I had to film this fucking thing at that rock. I'm like, maybe you'll come to the fucking meet me at the, at that place. Rock. <laughs> But anyway, anyway, I love you. Anyway, I love you, Don. Don. Sorry that you got upset about that. I, I thought maybe you get mad. You weren't. You weren't texting. I didn't, get, I didn't get upset. I'll talk to you about it off the phone, sweetheart. Okay. All right. Listen. Uh, this week I will be in Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, at the Comedy Catch at the Choo Choo Room in Chattanooga. Uh, hopefully you'll come. And then I'm. I'm then I'm in Miami. I'm in uh, at the, uh, the at the Boca Black Box in Boca Raton, Florida, in two weeks. But uh, thank you, guys, and take care, guys. Be good. Thanks, buddy.